forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it up for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I hope that your week has been off to a magical start. Um, I'm so excited about today's show because I think it could actually be life-altering in the way we think. Um, So my guest today, who I will introduce in a minute or so, is actually a friend of mine who is ah, so accomplished and has this book called I Get To. She also does bestseller in a weekend, uh, which helps you write a book in a weekend. Um, But I'll get into that in a second. I wanted to give you a jelly bean update first. Uh, So we are still on hold. Um, On September 20th, Jelly Bean's parents' rights were terminated. For those who aren't uh, or first-time listeners, I was blessed with a foster daughter on November 22nd this past year, and I'm waiting to be able to adopt her. Her parents' rights were just terminated, as I said, on September 20th, and now there's a 60-day waiting period to, one, the paperwork goes up to the state to acknowledge that, in fact, they've been terminated and it gets stamped, and then she becomes an orphan and I'm able to sign adoption papers. Um, During that time, also, there's a 60-day period where her parents uh, or any family members could contest the termination of rights. So we are over a month into that. I think there's like 26 days, which ironically in all the magic of Jelly Bean happens to be her first birthday is the day that I will know that I can pretty much guarantee that she will be kept by me. So I'm super excited. I can't believe it's been over 11 months already. Um, Her birthday is November 19th. And, of course, I'm throwing a big party. Um, Other than that, you know, she's standing now. She's developing well. Um, I think I've told people that she was high risk at first, um, but she's progressing nicely. We have occupational therapists coming a couple times uh, a month, and it's just such a joy. Like, I can't even describe what an amazing, amazing experience it's been, and... To that end, my amazing guest today, who I mentioned as a friend, was one of the people who encouraged me to go forward with her. And I know I talk about this a lot, but, you know, having that tribe of positive people who can see when you have a dream that they've got to push you forward, not be like, oh, and list all the things that could go wrong. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my dear friend, Alicia Dunhams, who has played a huge role in my life. Uh, She's an international leadership trainer and communications expert. She's coached tens of thousands of leaders, executives, and industry experts to share their message with the world through her signature process and acclaimed bestseller in a weekend and other professional development trainings. In her new book, I Get To, How Using the Right Words Can Radically Transform Your Life, Relationships, and Business, Dunham's empowers readers and leaders in all ages and stages of their career and life to harness the power of international communication for transformational results. 
Alicia has been featured on Good Morning America, KTLA, and the Steve Harvey Show. She has a podcast, and she's just outright fabulous. Welcome, Alicia. Well, thank you so much for that introduction, Devin, and it's such a wonderful, magical to hear about the jelly, jelly bean and the process that you're sharing with all of us, and I just want to acknowledge you for being vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing jelly bean's story, and it's just so beautiful to hear. Well, and I want to elaborate really quickly before we jump into the meat of today, but basically... Um, you know, I had a ton of fear around this, as anyone would. You know, I've been a single woman for God knows how many years. You know, clearly I'm, I don't struggle financially. So it's one of those things, like, I've been able to do whatever I want, jump on planes when I want, you know, for the most part. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not super wealthy or anything. But, but, I mean, I just really haven't had to answer to anybody or be responsible to anybody in, like, 20 years. So there was a ton of fear, but you really you know, nailed it home for me, which was at my age, I mean, you were one of three people, as you know, who just gave such a good perspective. And I should say that Alicia is also a single mom. And you just gave such good perspective that, you know, you don't want to be in a relationship for five years with somebody and then it not work out and not have a child at like 51. And it was just such a good, um, I don't know. It just really nailed that home. In addition to the fact that just watching you be such a rock star mom, I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> yes, you can. And you are. And it's, it's important in terms of we're talking about words today and mindset and the fact that you wanted to have a child and, is, and, and Jelly Bean was on your vision board and you, and you shared with me some of those, those photos and, and, and it's, it's, it's making it happen is, is setting that goal and, you know, really acting on inspired thought through committed action and, and, and through being what you wanted to be as being a mother, you will uh, attract that, that relationship in uh, versus, cause I mean, it's so interesting when it comes down to, um, you know, when it comes down to creating what you want in life, sometimes you feel like there's a certain pattern or there's a certain blueprint out there. It's like, okay, we can get married, have kids, happily ever after. Well, you know what? It's not always laid out that way. And so for me personally, I was married. I kind of, I did it, you know, quote unquote, right. I was married. I had a child and then eventually the marriage, you know, dissolved and he went on his very way. And I have always been open and, and there that, you know, if he ever wants to reach out and not having any, any grudge or resentment. And that's a lot of work that I did, that really that leadership work and that emotional intelligence work that I did in terms of writing this book is turning your circumstance from victim to responsible. And I can tell you that that exercise that I did, turning my, my uh, relationship with my daughter's father from being a victim of him to being fully 100% responsible. I break it down like that. So I would, you know, want to ask your, your um, listeners out there, who here feels that they are 100% responsible for their life? And, uh, and the reason I ask that is because I break down the word this way, responsible, that we can absolutely, we choose to how we respond to life. So we might not be responsible for the events happening in the world and what's happening, a war over here or uh, people that are hungry in this city, etc. But we are 100% 
responsible on how we respond. And so in your particular situation, you made a choice. You did the process in terms of getting into the foster care system. And each day is a choice. Each moment is a choice. And so for my personal story, I'm like, wow, you know, I attracted this man in my life. He, you know, we were married. It wasn't the best marriage. And I made, I made the best of it. And I do every moment of my day that I'm like grateful. Oh my goodness. I'm grateful for this man. I'm grateful that I met him. I'm grateful for the circumstances, the, 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 the tough times and the good times, uh, what worked and what didn't work because it's made me who I am today. And guess what? I'm a mother of a beautiful 16 year old. And I and thank by him for that. She means ridiculously gorgeous, literal, like, Victoria's Secret model beautiful, not to mention the fact just, like, the kindest human. Oh, that's so sweet. And, and thank you. <laughs> and so I, I think perspective shifting is so important. And, and the reason I wrote the book, I Get To, and it's really, the cover of the book says, I have to, and the word have is crossed out, and it says, I get to, really what, the reason I wrote this book is I've, I've been thinking this way for several years now. And, and someone said, oh, you should maybe write a book on, on mindset. And, 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 and what I did was I posted a video of me interviewing one of my, my clients. And we were talking about the power of I get to versus I have to. I posted it on my LinkedIn. Within minutes, a woman posted a comment saying, thank you so much for sharing this video. I... I understood the power of I get to when my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. We saw the get to, and what she saw was I get to have chemo because not everyone has means for medical insurance, means for care. And eventually this woman shared her story of losing her daughter to leukemia and saying that as she was standing with family and friends at her daughter's grave, she searched for the get-to as she thought, I have to bury my daughter. Please help me find the get-to. And eventually it came up in her that only one woman got to be Joanne's mom. This is her daughter, Joanne's mom. And only one woman gets to release her into heaven's loving care. And she said when she made that switch of having to bury her daughter to getting to release her daughter into heaven was, I mean, first of all, when I, when I read this, I, I was just so moved. And she said, she goes, gratitude completely dissolved all sorrow she had. And I'm thinking if this woman standing by her daughter's (laughs) grave was able to get to the get to, of the gratitude of that moment, of the gratitude to being this child's mother, then anyone can say, you know, well, I get to go to work. Because guess what? Some people don't have a job. Right. Or, or I, I get to do the dishes. You know, after, when you do the dishes, that means you just prepared a beautiful meal for your family and friends. You have running water. So... This, this reframe, and that's why I wrote the book so quickly. I wrote, it in, I wrote it in 15 days because I said, this is not 
about me being in my head and, you know, writing this book. It's about me. Uh, I wanted to get this, this, I wanted to get her story out essentially. Uh, you know, just even that, that, that brief share she shared with me so vulnerably on LinkedIn. I wanted to get her story out because it's possible for us all to reframe our circumstances. And that perspective pivot available anytime by anyone, no matter our circumstance. Well, it's part of the reason that I love this book. Obviously, Alicia had a launch party that also included a vision board party, um, which was amazing. But like this was so powerful to me because I had already been living this way with Jellybean. And I think a lot of foster parents do. Like, when I was getting up in the middle of the night with her, like, the first 28 days, Alicia, as you know, were rough, and I don't know how much I shared about that, but she was just allergic to, like, most formulas. And so there was Mm. one night where she was, um, like, literally, it sounded like she was going to choke when she was on her back as a result of one of the formulas. So I literally stayed Mm. up all night with her laying on me so she could lay on her stomach And I decided in that moment that I wanted to keep her so badly that I wasn't going to complain that I was up all night or that I was, you know, like no matter what, any night. And yes, I'm tired. I've been tired probably for the last 11 months. (laughs) But the thing is, like the difference in not knowing if there's a tomorrow with her. I mean, it's like that with every child in theory. You know, we never know what could happen to our children. Children die of sudden infant deaths. And, you know, there's so many Mm. things that obviously we don't want to focus on and worry about and things. But with a foster child and, like, when your phone rings or when you get a, you know, every time there's a letter from the county, even if it's a check, like, I have this twinge of panic or if something pops up in my, you know, my email that, you know, a regular parent wouldn't experience. So I do think it's interesting that, like, in many ways, like, I've lived in a lot more gratitude of having her every day than I would have mm. if she were my biological child. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so it's so important to bring that up, uh, Devin, because we all, no one's promised tomorrow. And right. when we live in that, and not in a place to live in fear, but right. it's to live in gratitude that, wow, I'm here today. I woke up this morning. Like, that's a win. That's, <laughs> that's a win. So celebrating that our each breath, each connection we have with another human being, uh, you know, I get to take my daughter to school. I, I, you know, coming from that, I get to. And, and, and so that's why it's important is that every moment, and, and believe me, this is a practice. This is a practice. So it's not like you're like, okay, I'm starting to say I get to and my life is golden. It's, there will be times and challenges where you really get to dig deep around yourself and they, and, and come from that gratitude. And, and so some of the practices in my book is, you know, gratitude journaling, taking a pause and, and especially in communication with other people is, is being present. And, and, and I, and I firmly believe, and I, I do a lot of uh, corporate communication discussions around this is that we can, uh, take a stand for ourselves in terms of communication and the other person. And so even difficult conversations or conflicts or what have you can be a moment to create, uh, first of all, come from gratitude, to create deeper intimacy, more meaning in conversation with people. And so the, the I get to is being grateful, even being grateful for a difficult conversation. Because guess what? 
that difficult conversation with your mother or with a, a colleague or what have you can lead to greater understanding, greater connection, and more meaning in terms of that relationship. What do you recommend in terms of people? You know how you said you're not going to flip into this immediately. Is it the awareness of, you know, every moment that you're complaining or how do you recommend that people like start really incorporating this? Yes, awareness is what you said. So being aware moment by moment of how you are being in the world. So energy is everything. When you walk into a room, you bring your energy. Not only do you bring your energy, you bring your, your past, you bring traumas, you bring generational traumas, you bring what happened to you in the last 24 hours. So you're bringing a lot of, a lot of information, I would say, uh, into a room. And so being aware of the energy you're carrying around with you, who do you want to be? I was talking to my partner this morning and we were talking about writing our obituary and then working backwards huh. in terms of, <laughs> in terms of the life you want to create. Like, what would your obituary say? And what, what an interesting way to, to, to live life is, is how do you want to show up? And so show up the way you want to show up every moment, whether you are talking to the barista at Starbucks, uh, whether when you're getting gas and, and, and conversing with the attendant there, uh, whether you're talking to your child, whether you're talking to uh, someone at work, is, is how do you want to be? So our, our, our energetic being is something we get to manage. So there's really four components of emotional intelligence. One is self-awareness. One is managing your emotions. Uh, number three would be empathy, is empathizing with, with others. And, and another kind of term for empathy is, I've heard it coined this way, is compassion in action. Uh, and then number, f- and, and, and number four is, you know, managing social skills, how you interact with people. And, and so there's a lot of components of being self-aware of how you are being in the world, how you're being when you walk into a room, uh, and managing that, and then being empathetic of, of others. And, and then being, you know, connected with others. So it's, it's, it's self-awareness and self-management. And, and so, yes, it might not be automatic because there's a lot of this is neuroscience. And when it comes down to neuroscience, uh, you know, we, we have, as for simplicity's sakes, we have two, two types of the brain. We have the, what I call the, the critter brain, which is our amygdala. This is our fight, flight, or freeze. This is a part of the brain that has been that has got us to where we are today, evolutionary speaking. And we are, we are alive because of our critter brain, because we, because we uh, you know, would run. Like if there, was a, if there was a line in the bush, it would tell us to run. Uh, our critter brain is what has us respond when there is a, a car wreck or something, and we see a child in the car, and, the, and, and we run to go get the child. That's, that's our critter brain. So we want to honor our critter brain. And then there's another part of our brain, uh, for simplicity's sake, which is the prefrontal cortex, what I call the intelligent or the smart brain. And that part of the brain is our language, is our connection, is our innovation, is the art, is the love, is the intimacy. And, and so we, on a, on a constant moment-by-moment basis, we get to ask ourselves, hey, am I communicating out of my critter brain or am I communicating out of my intelligent brain? And, and so... When you can tell, you can literally tell, and I don't know if you've had this experience, where you'll be walking down the street and you'll be like, wow, this person is in reaction. Right. This person is stressed. And, 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 and in that particular situation, 
you know, I mean, we live in Los Angeles, the 405. I mean, people flipping off each other, yeah. cutting each other off. Yes, we, we know that all too well. And, and that could be a situation where they got in a fight with their husband that morning or they stubbed their toe or what have you. And, and they're taking it all throughout the day. They're taking it up to the 405. They're taking it to work, et cetera. And, and so when we are in a presence of that person uh, is, you know, how do we, how can we counter that way? And, and one thing I talk about a tool is to soften our own language. So to, to support them because, because, countering that with aggression. So counting, countering an aggressive person with aggress- aggression is only going to escalate it. So what does it look like when we soften, when we are able to almost cradle them? We're talking about babies today. Cra- cradle them in a way to support them in, in grounding and, and coming back to earth uh, and coming, coming back to that part of the brain where they feel safe. And, uh, and so... No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. Well, I, I was pretty much finished at that point. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, you know, along these lines, it's so interesting. I really want to point out social media because I think we've yes. come to a place where people are, you know, being their true selves in a way. And it's interesting because even when I'm dating or when I'm, you know, somebody's like, oh, my friend is also a foster parent. You might want to connect with her. And while Mm -hmm. I find it immensely helpful to connect, like I have a whole tribe of love and foster parents in my life, but literally like someone said, oh my God, my friend is blah, blah, blah. And I looked her up online and like one of her posts was like, I was given the short end of the stick kind of thing in life. And, Mm. you know, some of her posts are positive and then others are, you know, swearing and all sorts of things that you know, are basically pushing people out of her life or out of her life Mm -hmm. and her livelihood. Um, Because I, you know, they say that the five people you most hang out with are the average of what you will be. And I really need positive people like you, Alicia, you know, encouraging me to do things, not to say, oh, you know, this hasn't worked out, you should blah, 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 or you know what I mean? And so I think too many people are putting these things on social media that are turning people away and then thinking they're not lucky, thinking that they're not getting what they want in life when they're creating it. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. You, you brought that up because it's, you know, on a vibe, I always say, am I a vibrational match to someone? And you can just feel it. You can walk into a room, you can be talking to people and people are either going to be attracted to you or people will eventually like, or kind of fall away. And, and so, so you, you, you know, they say you attract your tribe by your way of being. So if you are out there positive, connected, you know, and doing, you're going to attract people like that, or you'll attract people who want that. Uh, And, and maybe they might be, um, and you know, there's this term called energy vampire. Okay. So, so maybe you attract someone who is not matching or maybe taking from the relationship in that way. And you're feeling drained and you're feeling uh, not that it's a, an energetic match. And, and that's a choice point. That's a choice point where you can say, you know, I'm going to limit my time. That's when you have boundaries. So boundaries are very important. Uh, and in terms of uh, I'm going to limit my time with that person or even, you know, being upfront and just, and, and, you know, being kind, I mean, it's so important. It's, you know, when you open your mouth, there's a roomy poem that says, you know, uh, before you speak, make sure uh, your language comes through. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing this. Your language goes right. through three gates. Is it necessary? 
Is it true? And is it kind? And, and so if you are in a situation where someone is, uh, uh, you know, not in energetic alignment, is not, you know, in that, that five, that five people you kind of want to hang yourself, uh, hang around with, well, then you get to, uh-huh. you get to bless and release essentially. So limit your time with that person. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, that, that's obviously it's an art form on how you want to, on how you want to do that. So you just you either limit your time around that person again, but every time you see them, you're always kind and, and, um, and, and supportive and you, you don't have to hang out with that person. I mean, we have plenty of family members, uh, out there who you're like, wow, this is not, su- this person is not supportive to what I want to create in the world. And so again, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas time coming up and the family holidays. And so at, you know, what, what do you do during that time? It's like you limit your time or you, you um, make sure, sh- you know, you be who you are, you manage your energetic pre- presence and be kind to them as well. So being emotionally intelligent and limiting your time with them, you don't have to hang out with them. Uh, so that's again, a choice point. Right. Um, well, we are about to go to a break, but I would love, you know, when you just said limit your time, I was wondering, given all your coaching and things, if you have suggestions for people who, you know, they're going to their in-laws and it's a negative, uh, negative situation, like how do you limit that if you feel like you have to be there? And again, we do mm. have to go to break. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that and we're going to learn more about a whole other side of Alicia, which helps people crank out books. As she said, she sold this, I mean, she wrote this book in 15 days because she's that ridiculously brilliant. Like that seems impossible to me, yet I know that she's actually helped people create bestsellers. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll answer the question about the holidays and then we'll also jump into how you can get your story out there if there's some burning, pressing thing, how she does her magic. Stay tuned. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, 
Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am here with the extremely accomplished coach slash business uh, guru, I guess is a good way to put it, best-selling author, Alicia Dunhams, who I was also blessed enough to become friends with after we met at actually a super empowering women's retreat, weirdly, in uh, the Hamptons, You know, in New York, Um, ironically, we live like, I don't know, 10 blocks away, maybe, in Manhattan (laughs) Beach, and thus we've become fast friends. Um, We were talking before the break about friendships and relationships and making sure that you surround yourself with positive people who encourage your dreams, not discourage them, not who live in fear, and how to limit the time with people who don't. Um, And in some cases, some people feel stuck. And Alicia brought up the fact that, you know, the holidays are coming up and we're going to be spending time in some cases with family members who might not be as positive as we want. Although this is a good time to bring in the I get to, you know, if you don't love your your spouse's family, um, yet you have to spend time with them, you know, that's when you turn on the, the I get to in Alicia's book. Like, you love your spouse. You want to be with your spouse. You'd be upset if anything happened to your spouse. So how do you, I guess, funnel that into enjoying the holiday time because you're focusing on the right thing and the grateful? But then also, Alicia, when there is that negative out there, like, what, how would you limit that? Great question. So uh, not only are the holidays coming up, but we have all this wonderful uh, political conversations that are going to be had with the elections coming up as well. And and so it's definitely going to be a time of, um, uh, you know, conflict, uh, the potential for conflict. And you can also look at it as possibility as well. So, again, reframing how you think about it. Is it conflict? or difficult conversations, or is it a possibility to, to create a deeper connection with someone or a deeper conversation? So what I say, when, when it comes down to conflict, uh, there's uh, four C's, four C's that everyone can take away on how to uh, manage or dance with conflict. Uh, and one is get really compassionate. So perhaps someone at the Thanksgiving table says a overarching just something very rude about a particular group of people, about someone at the table or what have you. And so what I always say is uh, approach it with compassion. Now, and, and then after the compassion, so again, being compassionate about, you know, wondering why this person is saying that. Then get curious. Then get curious. There's a plane overhead. Sorry about that. Then you want to get curious 
about why did they say that? And that's essentially what you will say is, I am curious why you said that. So I'm, I'm curious, why do you say that all women are horrible drivers? Or I'm curious, you know, why would you say that, you know, you know some, some other, maybe some other derogatory thing that they might have mentioned. So again, coming from compassion and curiosity, and you can just really frame it, oh, I'm, I'm curious why you would say that. And again, in a soft way, not in an argumentative way, not in a, you know, a defensive way, because that's your critter brain coming out. Your critter brain is like, okay, I'm in survival. I've just been completely offended by my uncle Bob who said all women are horrible drivers. And, and instead say, oh, I'm curious why I would say that. And then he gets to answer or she or whoever gets to answer that, uh, answer that question. And what it leads to is more meaningful conversation. And so in conversation, what is available is people to start sharing their story. What is available is for people to get vulnerable. So this is not going to be a two-minute conversation. This could be a two-hour conversation. (laughs) And obviously, this is going to require greater intimacy, patience, empathy, and all of that. I mean, the reason why we want to get conversations over and done with and people want to agree to disagree is because they just don't want to go there. They don't want to have that conversation. And, And yes, that's available too. That's a choice. And when you agree to disagree, a lot of times there's kind of resentment could build. So, so that conversation gets to be had or you will always have a superficial level relationship with Uncle Bob or Aunt Sue. That's a choice as well. You can be really superficial with family members and keep it light, keep it superficial and keep it moving. Or you can go deep with someone, which leads to, when you, when you have a deeper, meaningful conversation, leads to common ground. So maybe through that conversation, you learn that maybe they have a trauma from their past or a hurt uh, that hasn't been healed, uh, that, has, that has supported them or has crafted that, that belief that they have. And so common ground. So maybe you're like, oh, wow, I, you know, realized that he had this trauma in the past and, you know, I had a trauma as well. And, and, you know, I was in a car accident and his mother was in, you know, and, and, and then, then you're able to develop something deeper with that person. And these conversations take time. Sometimes they take years to get to this point. And, and so I would say there's a choice, but you could either keep it light and super, I mean, have you ever been in a conversation where everything is superficial and very surface level because no one wants to go deep? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, and we can keep it at that level, but then it's just like, really? I just spent three hours with these people and we talked about the weather the entire time. Uh, Although I will say from personal experience, like sometimes it is, you know, you kind of know if there's a lot of, you know, sometimes you have a family member who triggers you or you trigger a little bit, even though the love is there, but sometimes having the deep conversation might not, you know, it's like, as you said, I think the big, big, big thing is the compassion and then, you know, deciding if you really, really want to be open and accepting and, or if it's easier just to like pass the bread and, you know, keep it, do you agree? <laughs> keep it light. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And there's a time and place for everything. And that's, a, again, a choosing, a choosing point. And, and so it's, you know, whether it's a family member that you want to have a connection with and, and, or if you want to spend your energy on people, you feel that you just have a natural 
synergy with and that and that you can you know discuss these things in the world and uh and so it's it's a it's a powerful conversation and so i have a couple of things from my book that people can talk about so one is i'm curious so you would say i'm curious why would you say that and and another thing is if you um feel like uh, you know, things are maybe contentious or, or someone is saying something to you and you can really get vulnerable and a, and a prompt, a, a conversation prompt is, my truth in this moment is. So when you, sh- when you start with that, when you say my truth in this moment is, is you're sharing your truth and no one can, can you know, contend with your truth. It's like, this is your truth. And it's an opportunity. It's also a way to, to ground and to dig deep is to share what is your truth in the moment, or uh, if someone is completely crossing a boundary where it's uh, harassment, uh, there is the prompt, there's a line, and to be clear, you just crossed it. Now, I have shared that with my mother. Now, not in that form. There's a, uh, there's a line, and to be clear, you just crossed it, mom. It's more in a form mm-hmm. like, hey, mom, there's a line. I'm not interested in talking about this now or ever with you. Mm-hmm. Can we agree to move forward, you know, and, and, and so you have, a, you have a conversation that way. You get to have clear boundaries. And maybe someone's talking about politics at the table or what have you, and they have a perspective, and you can say, well, well that's really interesting. I had a different perspective. So that's right. something that you can come from. So, so acknowledging, because most conflicts come, come from uh, one, one or more parties not feeling seen or heard. Right. And so when someone doesn't feel seen or heard, that's where conflict comes from. So it's always acknowledging people for their perspective, knowing that you're not going to change their perspective, most likely in a two hour dinner, listening to them and just adding your thoughts. Right. With tons of compassion. <laughs> With tons As of compassion. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, Okay, now speaking of your thoughts, so as I mentioned, Alicia has a whole platform called Bestseller in a Weekend in which she coaches executives and others in writing a book in basically a weekend, right? Yes, it's a weekend workshop. I've been running this for a decade now, and I've been supporting people for over 12 years now in writing books. And it's a weekend workshop where you go literally from idea to author. I wrote my book, I get to, in this weekend workshop. So I got my draft book, and then I spent the next, so I did it in a weekend, and I spent the next uh, 12 days or so finishing the book. And, uh, and what's exciting in Best Learner Weekend is you, you literally leave Best Learner Weekend with a 100-page draft book manuscript. That seems impossible, yet I know you've done it and done it and done it, and people have had success, and... How? How? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we, the, the, the weekend workshop is specifically to get results for people because I know one of the pain points of people who want to write a book. They say 80, 80% of the United States want to write a book, but actually people who go and do it is, you know, less than 5%. <laughs> and so, and so when, it, when it comes down to it, uh, a lot of people hit blocks when writing a book. Like, what do I write a book about? Am I good enough? Do I have enough credibility? What, you know, all of these different questions. Can I do it? I'm, I'm a horrible writer. And so what the, what the weekend is, it's a really a powerful platform that I've created, a five-step process to take people from that, those, those kind of thoughts and, and ideas of like wanting to write a book to actually doing it. So it's, the weekend is full of exercises. Uh, it's very experiential. And 
it's all about creating those deliverables as well. So not only do you write your 100-page draft book manuscript, but you create like an entire marketing map of how you launch your book and make it a bestseller on Amazon and, and use it for like TV opportunities and to get speaking. Uh, so it's really great for business owners, thought leaders, uh, people who, uh, who have a message to share, want to write their memoir. Uh, it's, it's a way to get your message out into the world because just like with my book, I know that I have helped people through this book. I've gotten emails. I've gotten text messages. I've gotten, um, I've gotten social media posts. I was at a women's retreat a, a few weeks ago, and just one page, uh, another uh, expert took a picture of it and shared it with some, with some women who were grieving, were, were grieving loss of a child. And so, so I, I know that my book has supported and helped people, and our stories always do. And so instead of dying with your music still left in you, I mean, they say the, the, graveyard, the, grave, the graveyard is probably the biggest bookstore of people dying with their stories still mm-hmm. left in them. And, and so, and just as you, you're an author as well, is let's not die with our stories still in us. Let's share it with the world. And, and that's, what, um, that's why I created The weekend is to get past those blocks and to get into action. Which is, I mean, one of the things that I absolutely love about you is just the level of action um, that I've seen you take over and over and that you encourage others to take. Um, I'm sure before, I mean, we still have some time here, but before we um, get squashed at the end, can you tell people how they can find more info about you? Absolutely. So you can go, if you want to write your book and write Bestseller in a Weekend, you can go to bestsellerinaweekend.com to find out the dates for 2019. I do live workshops in Los Angeles and New York. I also do virtual workshops as well. You can get a free checklist to learn. It's for really aspiring authors to just kind of start thinking about their book. If you go to bestsellerinaweekend.com forward slash checklist, you can get a free checklist you can print out and start thinking about your book and create the ideation process. Uh, and you can go to aliciadunhams.com, uh, which is my blog, and to learn more about me and to work with me. And I get to is on Amazon, and I'm on social media at Alicia Dunhams. Which is A-L-I-C-I-A-D-U-N. AMS. And um, for anybody questioning whether you could actually write a book that quickly, I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to get I Get To because seriously, guys, I have the book and it really, um, I don't know, it's funny because just the line alone, like just the title alone is enough to, I think, really get you thinking in a different way. Um, The one thing that I did want to say on this overarching topic You know, sometimes when people hear the stories of foster parents and things, um, and, you know, it's so easy to judge someone who has left behind a child or whatever, and I will say that I live in so much gratitude to my daughter's mother for creating this perfect baby for me. Um, I really Mm. do feel like she's perfect for me. Um, in addition to being beautiful, and I, I think I've shared with people, I know nobody's seen pictures yet, but although you have Alicia, you've seen her. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she looks enough like me that people think she's mine, and I get to joke all the time, oh, I had a tryst with a Hollywood hunk because she's so <laughs> cute. And, 
And it's like, here's this woman who I believe created this child for me. Now, granted, if she tried to come take her away, I would, it would certainly be a lot harder to live in gratitude to her. But, you know, to date, I mean, I've been just sending tons of love and gratitude and thanks, and I hope that she's okay because she's just, you know, she added so much to my life. She didn't know it was my mm. life, but it's just amazing, mm. like, the, what she did for me, you know? Yeah, wow. And I think energetically, like, I feel like Jelly Bean, you know, must feel that in some way, um, as opposed Mm. to me walking around telling people, oh, she was this, that, or whatever, that might not be the most positive thing. But it's just basically, like, I, you know, actively thank her in my thoughts and, you know, when I do my gratitude. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't know what people are going through and, and, and the fact, and I mean, we just have to say, I mean, life is, life is complex. Humans are complex and, and we're all in here. We're all in it together. We're, we're navigating the world together. No one has it figured out. No one does. And, and so, and, and for you to, you know, to, it's this essential blessing, the situation being fully, fully grateful for the mom, even though the, the, whatever the mom's circumstances led her to that particular, it's, it's being grateful for it all. And, and that's, I mean, there's a range. It's, you know, what does it look like to be grateful for when you're sad, to, to sit in sadness and be like, well, I'm really going to just sit in this right now. Because when you're grateful for those times, you're going to like, oh, wow, I was sad. And now I really know how it is to be joyful and happy. So it's, it's to experience every range in life. Every range of emotion is to fully experience it and not say one is good or bad or one is right or wrong. It's just what it is. It is what it is. Well, and I think, like, it's easy to take so much for granted. I know I had an ex-boyfriend's mom at one point who, you know, there was a time where, like, every weekend I was on a plane and, you know, doing speaking, and it, it was definitely feeding me, and I definitely, you know, felt like I was able to give back, and it was exciting and all of that, but I started getting a little impatient with, you know, like, I wasn't picked up at the airport immediately or whatever, and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's just easy, no matter what your circumstances are, to get in a place where you're not living in insane gratitude, and then this ex-boyfriend's mom was like, oh my God, do they pick you up? Do they, you know, do, do they do makeup? Tell me everything. And it's like, oh, yeah. You know, to me, mm-hmm. this was feeling like a burden at times that, you know, I had to get up two hours early to get my makeup done. And then it's like, ooh, I am a terrible person that I even had that thought. Like, I should literally be so grateful that, you know, I, I booked a television show and I get to empower other people. And, you know, and, like, it doesn't matter that I haven't slept. Like, I really need to just be grateful for everything that is happening, I guess. And it took someone yeah. else getting excited about it on my behalf for me to go, oh, God, I'm being lame, you know? Mm. Yeah, there's the story of there's the man who complained he had no shoes until he met the man with no feet. Right. Yeah. Well, this is amazing. So... How, could you tell us a couple of the books that you've helped nurture um, in a weekend in case anybody wants to check them out at all? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So uh, my uh, the founders of Barefoot Wine. I, I don't. Um, do you know Barefoot Wine? I Devin? do. I've had Barefoot okay, Wine, yes. and I'm not even a big drinker. Yes. Yeah, so the founders of Barefoot Wine went through this entire process. I they became New York Times bestsellers. So they attended my very, very first bestseller to weekend before it was really even called bestseller to weekend. I remember I had it in a small, uh, small conference center in San Francisco. And uh, uh, so they're my clients. Uh, Lisa Leslie of the WNBA supported her oh, yeah. in writing her book, From the Court to the Boardroom. I have a lot of clients who are CEOs and executives who uh, either attend bestseller to weekend or work with me on a, a, in a private capacity to write their book. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, sharing your story. When I, when I ask people, when I do a webinar, I do a, a, a live course, is what, why do you want to write a book? And many of the reasons is, you know, to create credibility, to build their business, to get on TV speaking. And I would say majority of the reason why people want to write their book is to, to share their story. And, and that's why I came up with the kind of the uh, uh, tagline for my business is, is they write a book, uh, write a book, start a movement, and change the world, is what I found is many of my clients who've written books, they have gone on to create some sort of movement. So whether it's a business movement or a thought leadership movement, uh, you know, I could say my book, the I, the I Get To movement, and, and, you know, I'm speaking around that concept to corporations. I have clients like my client, Anna Maria Sanchez, who attended one of my very first bestseller in a weekend, she's a holistic healer. And her book, which shared about her trauma in her life, the sexual trauma uh, that she endured, she went on to speak at the United Nations in support of speaking up for women worldwide and the atrocities that they face in terms of sexual trauma, sex trafficking, et cetera. So what I'm seeing is my clients not only write a book, but they become this figurehead. They become this, this leader that goes on and speaks on the topic and getting the word out. And so what possible, what's possible here is that when we use our voice, when we, when we, when we use our voice in the world, when we share our message, we inspire others to do the same. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, it's, it is amazing how one thing leads to another, and it goes back to the small actions that I talk to people all the time. If you're like, you know, you're like, I want to write a bestseller, it seems overwhelming. But if you, you know, take the small step of even, you know, researching your course, and then it, it suddenly feels doable, which, again, sounds impossible, but it does. So I strongly encourage everyone to check out, again, Alicia, tell us how to find you before we have to wrap here. Yes, you can go get your free checklist at bestsellerinaweekend.com forward slash checklist. You can find out the dates, the next dates for Bestseller in a Weekend to come and write your book during the weekend at bestsellerinaweekend.com. And you can find out more about me at aliciadunhams.com. And you can buy, purchase I Get To on Amazon. Yay. Well, I get to go give Jelly Bean a hug now since uh, the show is <laughs> wrapping. But Alicia, thank you so, so much for being here. I can't wait till I get to see you again soon in person. Um, and yes. I hope that uh, I hope everyone's having or has an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week for Kenny Arnoff, a super famous drummer who has just a crazy awesome story. So have a great week, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.